let's just consider identity or experiences why it's crucial why it's problematic what the Buddha taught about it made it a theme what's an identity so one of the um, aims of meditation practice is to just be able to ask that question in a meaningful way rather than just go you know cycling through all the history just oh yeah there is that field of memories and anticipations and habits that I know so well there is all that data that I know so well and I rehearse there are those emotional patterns I recognize that's me here I am going off again here's me there's that uh, and there are those senses of oh I've got to have one of those oh, I can't go without that oh no what if I lose that this is what I really belong to this is what I feel is important this is crucial this is important for me there is that isn't there and there's also perhaps yeah mm, I, I have problems I can no longer really just keep blaming everyone else for them. <laughs> and I'd like to stop blaming myself for them. <laughs> there are definitely a few reactive pieces in there that I'm not so proud of. There's some pieces that don't fit. <laughs> yeah. Lost places, feelings of estrangement not good enough, not enough of something they're called absences yeah. I'm not I'm not welcome, I'm not adequate, I'm not competent, I'm not I'm not yeah. as those it's called I'm too much of this there's imbalances and there's a sense of I am stuck in this I'm always this I always will be this. <laughs> I have been this. Knows yeah. that's problematic, isn't it? And so the Buddha, in her understanding, summarized all of that in terms of causes and conditions or you could say inherited karma karma is a kind of a jargon word now but it, it really means things have happened things have been done and these are the results and I've acted upon those I've picked up those something in me has enabled itself to get programmed into messages that may have been originally given by other people may have said you're not good enough you're not welcome here you never do this you should be that but 
I've kind of picked it up. Or something means picked it up and it's still running. And the picking up wasn't necessarily a rational, well-considered process. It was a compulsive reaction. And the compulsive reaction is based upon the sense of it's a reflex, remember, not a rational argument, a reflex. Adopt these, if I adopt these, I'll be okay. People will, I'll know where I am. I know who I am. If I adopt the messages of what I'm supposed to be and should be, adopt them, then I'll, I'll be okay. If I adopt the signals of what I should be, which my parents, my school, my whatever, t- told me, not just verbally, but emotionally pressurized on me or instilled in me, okay, that's my patterns, who I am, I adopt that, I'll be, I'll be okay, they won't, I'll be accepted, I'll be in it, I'll belong. Yeah. And it's not a, it's not a one-off occasion, is it? It's going on all the time. Buy one of these, and you'll be happy. <laughs> Look like this, and you'll be really admired in the group. Look like that, you'll be left behind. Do one of this, and you'll be a guaranteed success, security. If you don't do that, oh, you know. So that's it, and it's constantly shaping, isn't it? That's shaping, shaping, shaping. How much of that shaping is based upon clarity, sensitive awareness, goodwill? <laughs> Not much. And that this instinct to pick it up because then we know I know who I am. Once I know who I am, then I can I can steer it. I can do what I'm supposed to do, run when I'm supposed to run, stop when I'm supposed to stop, dress up when I'm supposed to dress up, look like I'm supposed to look like. I'll be normalized. I'll be in the norm. The norm. I'll be normalized. It's search to be normalized. Which means internally and externally, no conflict. Right? So, you know, what I call the external sense, what around me I'm in harmony with. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fitting in, that's comfortable, there's no friction, there's no nothing to worry about. I'm in harmony, I'm normalized, I'm accepted into it. External sense, internal sense. Yeah, I'm happy in myself. And the normative instinct is so powerful. That without proper cultivation, we will normalize to an external situation, even if it damages us internally. Because externally is bigger and more important than internally. 
Externally is where the job is. Externally where the career is. Externally is where the friends are. Externally is where the partner is. Externally is where the praise and blame occurs. I'll go for that. What happens inside? <laughs> you know? I have to sort of push it around a bit to make it fit. So I'll shut that bit down and get that bit up and running and compress that bit and forget about that bit. And I'll fit. You know, so, okay, I'm putting it very starkly. You just listen. That's all I'm asking. How much of this is true? How much of this can you resonate with? School, job, people, other people, social norms, whatever. It shapes us. Becomes the boundary of ourself. I operate within this boundary of what I'm should be or allowed to be or seen as. And I will sacrifice internal well-being to fit. I will in fact even ignore internal well-being or I'll fix it by keeping busy and drinking, smoking, whatever, stimulating it so it doesn't really speak too loud anymore. And people can do really quite horrific things to themselves in these situations. Just consider, how do you get a group of men to pick up death-dealing weapons and discharge, shoot, kill, bomb other human beings? How do you get people to do that? You know, group of men or even women who are little babies, children, you know, running around playing, so forth. How did you get them to be so devastatingly brutal? They will shoot, kill, bomb, burn another human being that they never even met. No, haven't got any issues with. Because it's for the norm. The norm is called the country, the justice, democracy, freedom, rights against the terrorists and so forth. We normalize to that. And of course the internal devastation is massive. And PTSD, post-traumatic stress syndrome, most soldiers are deeply damaged internally. And yet we sustain systems that depend upon that kind of you know phenomenon. Okay. Then you take it to maybe the workplace, you know. Particularly if you're in the that sense of, you know, you get promoted, you work harder, and da 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 promotion, da 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 so forth, up and running, upwardly mobile, twenty four you know, gig all this kind of stuff, put pressure on, stress out to get the results to keep you in a job or to get reward or get promoted or something you're not motivated enough, so stress out. This is even more common than warfare, but it is similar. 
in some extent, less brutal, less acknowledged, and yet stressing damages bodies. It's not just a bit of emotional stress, it actually affects the nervous system because all the neurochemicals that get enacted to, for stress, to stress out, to overperform, corrode the fine nerve endings. So you become numb, slightly numb around the edges, less sensitive. And certain pieces of behavior are no longer available, <laughs> such as self-respect, love, joy, relaxation, the possibility of those diminish and we participate in it unknowingly of course with the line that this will make you whatever successful and you can always get over it by having a few drinks or going to the Bahamas or buying a new car <laughs> yeah Okay, these are gross examples that I hope don't really relate to you personally, but you may have some experience of that and you probably would to some degree acknowledge what I'm saying as being part of our social uh, context. And the numbing effect, the herd effect, the stupefaction effect, people being normalized to ideologies that are crass, brutal, stupid, ignorant, not loving, but we're in the norm. And the internal, disempowered, irrelevant, it's just a feeling after all. <laughs> okay, so we say, well, you know, do you want to just become totally self-obsessive for every thought, every feeling you've got to cherish and love and feel it, you know, enact and feel is worthy and should be acted out? No, not really. But there's got to be a norm, has to be balanced between the internal and the external spheres. That sounds like a big job. Actually, yes it is, and yet it will happen kind of reflexively if you release the package that you're contained in that's holding that whole model in shape in place okay so i've talked about you know when i'm talking about normative yeah, so we are in some ways created by having our habitual engagement with particularly the social world around us but also the natural world and that means that's that kind of channels our behavior and even our sense of what we are gets channeled and shaped by the social context. Right? So that forms a shape. That's what I'm calling the boundary of yourself. And things that don't fit into that shape are not noticed. So this means we get a certain kind of quality of attention which is to do with fulfilling those normative effects okay. you see a certain quality of attention we might have a lot of quality of attention to our clothes for example because they define me so I'm really aware of my clothing 
like you got it on haven't you <laughs> yep well that's all you need to know really <laughs> no it's the shade the tint the angle you know because that's going to say something about me you know <laughs> really <laughs> so that's, that's an example of a kind of we get wrapped in such a way and of course it's not just physical clothing it's particular language behaviors gestures that we adopt to wrap ourselves in so I'm okay with everyone else and aspects that don't fit into that uh, get don't get energy into them so if you go into the workplace you're not going to hear a lot of people talking about you know the five indria the enlightenment factors the nature of equanimity equanimity is more as a completely obsolete word these days it means boring <laughs> rather than some sublime open gentle emotionally sensitive non-reactive space equanimity just means indifferent because yeah. it's a dead word in, in, the, in the human society yeah. so we get things like progressive progressive new powerful yeah. that's those are big big words but you look in buddha dharma there's no progressive there's no powerful <laughs> it's the same old stuff equanimous and patient <laughs> oh yeah yeah really <laughs> is that it this is the new me the new look Do you see how you also get wrapped up in the language, the values, the values? Hmm? Useful, useful, more important than integrity, <laughs> productive, more useful, more useful than joyful. <laughs> quality of faith well that's a totally private affair that we don't want to talk about it's some kind of religious belief no faith means just the openness and the aspiration to rise up to what's truly beautiful well we, you know where's that gone the aspiration and the interest to rise up to what's truly beautiful you know, heart rising up faith where's that word gone now it just means always oh, uh, belongs to the Baha'i faith or the Buddhist faith. You know, it means some kind of belief. You know, so language dies, and that some of our referencing dies. Some of our referencing dies. First thing in the morning, you don't think, "Where's my faith?" You think, "Where's my iPhone?" <laughs> Where's my to-do list? You don't think, "Where's my joy?" Where's my aspiration body? What? Where's my to-do list? What's on the calendar? Right? So we, you see how we're shaped, and and certain really available human, universal human, not you know connected to only special people, but universally human, joyful, productive, amplifying qualities become ignored 
and, and so then our, our self becomes founded around doing enough, useful, look good enough, on time, yeah, likable, attractive, these kinds of things. Where's all that go? <laughs> I mean, where does all that go? Where does that take you? Right. It all depends upon somebody else saying you're useful, doesn't it? Or attractive, or likable. So you, you lose you lose your internal reference and replace it because you can know whether you're joyful directly. Whether anybody else says it or not, you know it. But whether you're interesting, I don't know. <laughs> I can't know that. Whether I'm attractive, I don't know. So, you know, we, we, we begin to define ourselves with a series of unconscious references, you know, if you're not thinking it, but it's some kind of reference to that, that actually take us away from autonomous, knowable, direct presence. So we give our presence away to an identity that we don't have. It's a fiction. We give ourselves away to an identity that's based upon certain pressures and pushes and, you know, uh, seductions and addictions of various kinds that don't fulfill us. And we still can keep running on that, saying, if I did it hard enough, it would fulfill me. You know, if I worked hard enough, I would be. If I changed my hairstyle, I would be. If I bought a new set of clothes, I would be. No, you wouldn't. Because you, you know in yourself that you're not comfortable. <laughs> At the end of the day, you know you're not comfortable. At the end of the day, at the beginning of the day, you know, you don't know where you are, because you've given it away. Chasing a false self, putting energy into a false self, working for a false self, living for a false self. And there may be when you get to the end of your life, you think, what's all that about? <laughs> oh, oh, it's a bit late <laughs> The job wasn't that important. The physical appearance wasn't that important. What other people say anything wasn't that important. I bought into that for the last 75 years. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> this is just the common hypnosis. So you say, well, actually, how do you sort of move out of that? And this is where it gets a bit confusing because you say, where's my true self? And of course, if you're following Buddha Dharma, you say, well, there's no true self. 
Well, there is a truth, and there is a chitta, there is awareness, there's presence, there's heart. You know, call it what you like, but that's what I'm using. There's knowingness, and there's being here, right? And being here is not geographical. You can be here in Islington, you can be here in Nepal, you can be here at the bottom of the sea, you can be here in an aeroplane. It's not geographical. It's just you're embodied. And it's alive. Did you ever get into that? Really get into it? And say, the rest of it changes. Islington and Nepal, they change. I move around in them, but this one I live with. Why don't I just look after it, listen to it, right? search for its welfare, uh, straighten it if it needs it, attend to it, be guided by it. Is it an identity? Well, it's got no name. It's got no gender. It's got no age. It has no nationality. It doesn't own anything. Yeah. So why call it a self? It doesn't want anything. It doesn't want to become anything. It has no history. It has no time. Why call it a self? Why not just call it this? Or don't call it anything. But there is a refuge. And the Buddha said, Seek your own refuge. Seek your refuge. There is that. And you should befriend yourself. So it's a little more than just being nice. It also means that we... um, begin to acknowledge, you know, just not just the theory about social conditioning, family conditioning, karmic conditioning, but the direct experience of this is suffering. I'm pushing. Something's pushing. Something in me is pushing. Something in me is shivering. Something in me is, you know, is fearful. This is suffering. Whatever I am or whatever I'm not, suffering is to be let go of this compulsive quality of I've got to have one of these I can't do without that that's suffering this sense of I'm never this I'm never that however true it is is debatable but what is not debatable is this is suffering (laughs) whether I'm as good as the next person or not who knows how could they probably assess but I know that whenever I start doing that, suffering. <laughs> yeah. Is that the case? Yeah. Not as strong as she is. Not as wise as he is. Yeah. Brain doesn't work as quick as hers does, or as it should be, or as I used to be. Suffering. So as soon as we start making these comparative statements, it become a self-definition. However true or not true it is, what you can really know is there's that pang 
of suffering. So that's, yeah. Right? So it always, always comes down to the same core teaching. And it, also, this doesn't have to happen. Taking things as a person doesn't have to happen. But to not do that is not just a matter of verbally saying this is not myself. You have to actually do a bit of penetrative work to unveil and discover the reflexes which are no longer a choice. They're a compulsive reflex. You don't decide to be self-critical. You don't decide to feel anxious. These are reflexes that kick in. And that's what we call the, the power of karma is it gets right into your nerve endings. The power of conditioning gets right into your reflexes where you can feel this is wrong, this is wrong and you still do it. Right? I shouldn't have another one of those and you just did. <laughs> but tomorrow I won't. And then we'll do the same thing tomorrow. I can feel annoyed myself and disappointed and fed up. It does no good at all. So, you know, addictive, isn't it? Because these things, you know, you don't get out of them just by saying something. You've got to actually get into the reflex of, I want comfort, I want security, I want to feel okay with what I'm with. You know, I'm not fearful. I'm not disallowed. I'm okay where I am. I am normal, normed. <laughs> you know, and we start to look at well, you know, what are you going to take your norm as? I'm as crazy as the next guy. I'm normal. <laughs> You know, like in the army, I was brutal as the next guy. I'm completely normal. <laughs> like in the office, it's almost, almost freaked out and fried as the next person. I'm normal. <laughs> you know, when you're squashed in the tube train, I was, I was compulsive and shut down as the next person. I'm completely normal. You want to take that as your norm? So I say, yeah, you do need to normalize, but don't normalize, don't start normalizing to the wrong signals because actually it's not really other people it's the impressions that you get right. now once you establish degrees of presence and this is something that will build up over time you just keep repeatedly drip 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 returning to it acknowledging it celebrating it honoring it returning to it time again time again time again every day every day every day yeah that will grow and then you'll begin to recognize actually what happens when she walks in is this that's not her that's me. Well, that's it. My presence is something's happening in my presence. Now, what she is or isn't, nothing much I can do about that. But that kind of triggering, I could acknowledge. 
acknowledge that. And if I release that, then the world changes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you get that? Of course, this is just a tiny little moment, isn't it? But all those triggerings that say panic, rush, the triggerings that we jump for. And what if we didn't jump? What if it isn't that jump, that reflex? What if that wasn't there? Mm-hmm. What am I in? I'm in open, attentive, alert. I'm normalizing to the Dhamma. That's my refuge. I feel that shiver of anxiety. I feel what happens, stir is in my belly, goes up into my face, I start feeling a bit twitchy. Okay, is that. Steady, find my access to presence, sitting, body, breathing, mantra, whatever it is, brings you there. Acknowledge it. Steady, take time, let it move through. Pass. This is, you know, themes you must have heard many times. This is where it begins to realize nothing enters your presence, really, except your own reactions and reflexes. Nobody else gets in there but your perceptions, your impressions, your reflexes. Nothing else can get in there except your reflexes, reactions and impressions. But those reflexes, reactions and impressions have become yourself. They become the working model that you operate through. They become the working apparatus that you inhabit. They become your home. And you know how to operate within it. They become yourself. Maybe. (laughs) Right? Now what if they didn't do that? What if they acknowledged as impression, reaction, reflex, desire, fear, regret, guilt, inadequacy? What if they were acknowledged as such as pretty normal triggers that those words are not esoteric jargon words? We all know what they mean. We all know, we've all felt them, haven't we? They're universal. Nothing personal about regret, guilt, fear, anxiety, irritation, anger. Craving greed, and nothing, I hope, not just me. <laughs> I'm normal, aren't I? <laughs> so, what if they recognize that and this is suffering? Not I'm such a bad person, not proud of it, but I'm not bad, it's just what happens. And then, how does that? not become an identity first of all and then what is the what is the medium that responds wisely to that 
It's not myself. It's not myself. It's not I'm going to get in there and sort this out. Who's that? And it's not I'm going to get in there and shape myself up. Who's that? It's not I'm going to be there and make myself into something better than that. It's not that. If I do this long enough, I will become this. It's not that. That's part of the same process. Same self-packaging process. What's it like if we don't have that? If we just... There can be an opening, a recognition, acknowledgement, a checking, a restraining proper relationship a releasing who I am what I am I don't need to know but I know I do know is suffering stopped (laughs) the rest of it who knows have I become something else I don't know will I become something I don't know Um, am I a stream entry I don't know Am I a complete idiot? I don't know. <laughs> but I know suffering stopped. <laughs> you can directly access. So you see, you, you know, you, you, in all ways, you want to release the self that has become, and not adopt a new one. <laughs> because as you probably would recognise. You know, whenever you do go in there with this, I am this, I should be that, a lot of pressure goes on and struggling occurs and suffering and you don't get the result of equanimous, joyful, open, at ease. You just get more complicated. Get more complicated. Build up a very complex profile. You know, my zodiac sign, my birth year, my parents, my sociological background, my karmic, this, all this detail, this is me, whoa, you know, story of my life, all their complex profiles, probably because my Venus is properly misaligned with Leo, <laughs> and I met a Taurus ascendant when I was 15, and, <laughs> you know, or whatever. However it goes, or I'm a you know result of psychological spiritual bypassing with deflective tendencies and denial built in through addictive personality compulsive behaviour with certain amounts of somatic occlusion, particularly <laughs> in the relational sphere. True. <laughs> in a way <laughs> not self. <laughs> How much do you need to know? <laughs> some of it's useful, some of it's useful for a while, some of it, but basically what's always, always useful is suffering, self release. So, why do we, you know, again, why do we meditate? What is that about? <laughs> What's process about? Process is about establishing a boundary, a normative boundary, a sense of that is not socially conditioned, 
yeah. that actually begins in the centre and expands out. Okay, put it another way. It begins in your heart, in what you feel, present, valuable, useful, comfortable, manageable, here, begins in your heart, and you gradually expand it. <laughs> right? Through your body, through that territory, this intimate domain, which is quite quite a battlefield sometimes, you know, quite a lot of scarring, quite a lot of whatever, through that and into the domain around you so that you normalize by finding a true norm which you can really know. And interestingly enough, norm is one of the translations of the word Dhamma, the true norm, because you know it for yourself and it's totally stable and it speaks for itself this is it and then you, there you've got that little piece and then meditation practice is a matter of accessing that with faith and with right view and then how does this radiate through my body my embodied sense my mind my heart so you're cleaning purifying the field and to other beings you know this person makes me feel apprehensive my apprehension so it means I must regard this person carefully with a mind of goodwill because I feel nervous doesn't mean I've got to kind of say you're wonderful just release the fearfulness or the mistrust that's occurring acknowledge that so in a way other people are a continual practice process you know he's much better than I am let's look at that <laughs> you know she doesn't like me let's look at that I've always got to do this for her she needs me I've always got to do this for her let's look at that you know, I've got to work myself because of her. I've got to do this because of her. Let's, let's, wait a minute. Let's look at that. They're your signals. They're your signals. Nothing gets in there apart from your own signals. How true are they? You know? Like the story of the woman, you know, I was talking to this teacher, he says, you know, I always have to cook every day, cook every day. I'm so fed up with having to cook for the family every day and do the washing. I'm fed up with cooking the people for the rest of the family. He said, why do you stop? He said, oh, yeah, right, I'll stop. I quit. So she quit. And the family thought, oh, what a relief. <laughs> <laughs> She's finally stopped doing that, this grumpy ill will. We can cook our own food. <laughs> It was her compulsion, and then she blamed on everybody else. You know, because I guess her profile was you're obliged to do this for your family. A good mother, a good wife does this for the family. You know, that was the program. She bought it. 
then you'll be what a good woman should be. And she was a miserable, crabby old so-and-so, <laughs> like a good woman should be. <laughs> Full of resentment and suppressing it all, like a good woman should. <laughs> Everybody knew it and thought, oh my God, when's she going to snap out of it? You know? Do you want to be with people who want you to be as you are? Or do you want to be with people you know, who don't accept you as you are? Who do you want to be with? We can work with it. My sense. You know, okay, you do this, you can't. I can work with it. Let me know who you are, and then I know how they can kind of operate around that. I don't want you to be kind of distorting yourself so you can feel you fit in with what you think I need or want. If I do, that's my issue. <laughs> yeah. So there's lots of kind of ways in which we contemplate how these programs kick in. How these programs kick in. You, know, and you can see in daily life they're running out in our domestic duties, in our domestic relationships, in our social work, in our self-assessment, whether I had a good day today. Did I get enough done today? Yeah. Mm. Workaholics. A friend of mine, one of his realization processes was he worked for some big corporation, and uh, one of his co-workers, they said, you know, Bill. Say his co-worker is called Bill. Oh, he's a real case. He's always frantic. You know, he's always to- totally work- workaholic, frantic. You know. So one day, my friend sitting in his office working away, Bill phones him up and says. It's Sunday afternoon. I knew you'd be in the office. Phil's out having playing golf. <laughs> I phoned you up because I knew you'd be in the office. It's Sunday afternoon. I knew you'd be in the office. Bill, the frantic workaholic, knows I'll be in the office. I'm crazier than he is. <laughs> I quit. That was it. Quit. Went on three week walking. Just went walking for three weeks. You know, recognition. You know, to me, a good day is when I work myself silly. <laughs> Workaholic. You know, and these are not. These are all common language, common patterns, aren't they? You know, how do human beings? get into this how do we begin to you know almost know each other as that oh this is the workaholic she'll do that there's the person that always look after me she'll do that <laughs> and I am not 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 so I've got to do this so I will be I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. If I do this, I will be. Yeah. So we turn instead to more healthy norms. And these are, you know, we say, could begin with faith, I aspire. No one can take this away from me. 
whether I achieve or not, I don't know, but I aspire. No one could take that away from me. I aspire to truth. I aspire to honesty. I aspire to decent behaviour, morality, goodwill. I aspire. What does it feel like when you light that little lantern? What does it feel like? That's your, that's your setting when you light that, that lamp. Okay, I'll try. Whenever I see myself falling away from that, that's a reaction, that's a reflex, that's not my aspiration body, that's not what I stand for. Okay, drop it, come back. Hmm? Yeah? And then recognizing, you know, how much of this is just fantasy and idealism. Well, your body is the check place. You run that signal through your body and see what happens. If you run, I aspire to joy, truthfulness and generosity, sit there with that, take a few breaths. Okay, get over the dizzy feeling of this is impossible. Feel good, feel good. <laughs> yeah. Not bunged up in my head, not jittering. Feel good, feel good. And you know it's good. You know it's good. So we're using the body as a, as a, a witness to, to give us that verification resonance. So you're beginning to move out of the boundary of your program self into something that's more like an embodied experience that's not just a lump of meat, but it's a certain radiant, balanced energy that moves through the body, deeply connected to the heart, and there, there's your, there's your, there's your norm. That's what you'll be living with on your deathbed when the rest of it has been seen as just a passing show. That's what you'll be living with. That's what you're born with. <laughs> That's what's staying with you. That's what you'll die with. Look after it. The rest of it's just, just a show, you know.